This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Gattaca. This film came out in 1997, directed by Andrew Nichol, written by Andrew Nichol. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Starring Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, and Jude Law. Um, uh, Scott, since this is your movie, talk, talk about it briefly. Okay, uh, I... I think I saw this in the theater. Um, yeah, I think I did too. Yeah, but I probably saw it again when it came out on DVD. Uh, I, I enjoyed this. Um, I, I I remember it being billed as you know, this taut kind of sci-fi thriller, and it really wasn't that. Uh, but but for all that, um, I, I enjoyed that it was, uh, and I'll talk more about this, kind of a low-key uh, sci-fi movie. Um, it, it, was, it was part of a I don't know if I call it a wave, but kind of higher concept, lower action sci-fi movies that came out around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it reminds me of like, or it has the same feel as a, a Dark City. I don't know if you guys remember that one. I yeah. love that movie. And actually, I'm adding that to my list right now. But uh, <laughs> um, shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down forever. Anyways. Uh, yeah, but uh, but again, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't quite know what I was. Uh, what, what it was going to be about, um, it, it's kind of difficult to explain. Uh, so, yeah, a, a solid piece of sci-fi. All right, Alex? Yeah, I think I saw it in the movie theaters, too, and I was pleasantly surprised because um, I don't think I was expecting too much from this movie, but like Scott said, the concept of it and um, most of the execution was really well done. Okay, sounds good. I did not watch this in the theater. I watched this later on as a rental. Um, and the main reason why I watched it is because a lot of it's filmed at my uh, my old college, so which I'll talk yeah. about later. So that was the reason why I was like, oh, I got to see this movie. And I I love the concept of this movie. I think it drags at some points, but I did enjoy the sci-fi aspects of it. So with that in- being said, let's get started. Uh, we're going to do our seven items. Scott, you go number one. Okay, so for my number seven... <laughs> uh, so they, they again they like I said they downplay a lot of the sci-fi aspects in this um, other than some of the gene stuff they don't really explain a whole lot which is good I think typically sci-fi is better for not getting into the nuts and bolts of certain things uh, but I, I did like one little mm, gag I guess um, and that was the 12 player uh, or the, sorry the 12 fingered piano player uh, I thought thought that was yeah, kind of like clever it. Yeah, if you're gonna genetically modify people to do things, um, you know it, it's not that outlandish to think that hey, we'll just give this guy additional fingers, and he'll be able to play the piano. It's kind of like uh, uh, Fifth Element, where the the song that she sings is impossible for the human vocal range. Um, but yeah, who's to say you can't genetically modify people to do other things like that? Uh, it was a cool little um, beat for the the whole eugenics thing that was going on. Mm-hmm. And I'd completely forgotten about it. Uh, so yeah, that's my number seven. Yeah, nice. it's super fucked up, too. 
Yeah, they have yeah, the, we, the glove. We've read you to play the piano, and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. It's like, I don't get to say in this? Dude, you have 12 fingers. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's either that or, or be a fluffer. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, that, 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 yeah, well, I think we'll talk a little bit more about the, the kind of message and the philosophy of it. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that definitely is something to take into account. Mm-hmm. All right, nice. Alex, number seven. My number seven is the thing that I hated the most about this movie that I didn't at all remember until I rewatched it. I'm like, holy shit, this is awful. And that is just the tell not show portion of it's like a whole third of the movie where Ethan Hawke is just doing a voiceover explaining yeah. everything. Oh I, my gosh, I, that was fucking awful. Yeah, I, I, I didn't enjoy it either. Um, I don't think it bugged me as much as you. Um, some of it was unfortunately necessary, I, I thought. But yeah, a lot of it wasn't. Yeah, it just reeked of some suit going. Oh, people aren't going to get this. You gotta, you gotta tell them what's happening. Like, ugh. Yeah, I didn't think it really bothered me that much. I hate it. Um, dumb. <laughs> as much as you guys not numbering the fucking folders. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's how much I hated it. That's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, my number seven. This is just. Ernest Ernest Borgnine's in this movie. Honorable mention. <laughs> I just had to put him on here. I don't see him in anything anymore. Obvious for obvious reasons. But like, even... <laughs> yeah, I wonder what's, what's he been doing for the last few years. <laughs> but just because yeah, you know, I haven't watched Airwolf in a while. Whatever it has been, it's, just, you know... it's on Netflix, by the way. Is it? Yeah, I'll just watch it for the intro and for him. Yeah, I was gonna it. say just the song. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, it was just good to see Uncle Ernie again. There you go, Ernest Borgnine. I, I was, was kind of disappointed that they didn't give him a thing where he knew all along too. Uh, yeah, because I thought they I were kind of going that way. I, I, I want to say that I, I read that in some of the trivia that that there was a, at least it was cut or it was originally in the script, but that that he did know the whole time, um, which totally makes sense because he doesn't think you know the the normal people don't they actually think about that kind of shit. Yeah. And so they would recognize people. Uh, yeah. I think it was more I think it would have made more sense, yeah, if he knew and not the doctor at the end. I didn't like that doctor thing. Really? But, yeah. That's that's I funny. Mean, <laughs> no, I mean it's it just made more sense. why I could see at the end of it, after all this time the doctor be out, I knew the whole time it's cool. But why wouldn't he like flag him right away if the tell was you hold your because dick with your wrong because hand? Because of his son. I guess I missed that part then. Oh. <laughs> That makes more sense then. Shit. And then Jeff was pissed when Andy McDowell showed up. (laughs) I totally forgot about the sun. Uh, Full disclosure, I had to watch this in an hour and a half, so I may have skipped over a couple scenes. Oh, okay. (laughs) The movie's an hour 45. (laughs) I did a couple skips. (laughs) I've seen this before, so I thought I could remember everything. Apparently not. Anyway, Ernest Borgnine. Scott, number six. Uh, Number six, uh, as I, as I, I said when I was setting this up, um, yeah, I just I, I enjoyed that. It's it's very low key sci fi. Um, there there are some hardcore sci fi elements there. Wait, Scott, is it Tom Middleston low key? It is not Tom Middleston low key <laughs> sci fi, which is which is the highest form of sci fi. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, but uh, damn it, <laughs> uh, so so when we we did Battlestar Galactic last week, I was talking about how I enjoyed the hardcore sci fi elements of it. And uh, the same thing here, where the the main part, um, the the characters almost take a a backseat to the 
to the kind of the message, the the story, which I'll talk more about. Uh, but yeah, I like that th- this wasn't a post-apocalyptic thing. You know, there there weren't people other than like that one scene where they're rounding up the normies. Uh, we don't really see the like the ugly side of uh, of it all, except through Ethan Hawke's eyes. Uh, and yeah, I just enjoyed that. You know, there was kind of low stakes. You know, there wasn't the the whole planet on the line type of thing. Uh, that the the thriller part of it, you know, again, uh, just a very low level of things. Um, and it, it was kind of refreshing. So yeah, that's my number six. It's kind of low key sci-fi. Mm. Okay, nice. I have a little more to say about that later. Uh, Alex, number six. Uh, my number six is this movie starts out really cool, and I like when movies do this where they take something that's really ordinary, but they zoom in, like, almost to the microscopic level so much that it looks, like, alien. So when you see those giant, like, they look like panes of glass falling down, and, like, it's snowing on an open blue field. I thought that was really neat. And then it pans out, and it's like, oh, gross, it's his nails and skin. (laughs) Did you you notice that you could see the the G-A-T-C letters on those? Oh, on the nails? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah oh, it, was hard, it was hard to see. Well, at least you could at the end. Maybe maybe in the, when they showed it again at the end of the credits. Yeah, the stinger. Uh, well, it wasn't really a stinger. They just replayed well, that scene. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the, the lettering was there. Oh, that's cool. I didn't see that. Awesome. Nice. All right. Uh, my number six, and um, this is... When uh, Uma Thurman's character goes to get his uh, sample tested, and you can tell, like it's an everyday thing where women and men are just testing their potential mates. That this yeah. is a cool, it's a cool concept idea. It's freaky as hell, but it's a cool idea. And but I will also like to say the exterior of that when she's like checking the paperwork at the car, she's in front of the Great Western Forum. I didn't. Yeah, the whole, yeah. The whole I knew I knew the whole thing was filmed in L.A. Yeah, or around that part. Yeah, I didn't know. yeah, and you can see the big, huh. you know, the tall pillars and everything. And she's like on the ramp, like her car is like on the, you know, the ramp you'd walk up and down to get to the. <laughs> I was like, oh, weird. I don't know how they got the car up there, but uh, that's funny. Uh, so, do you think those those were the like the the ticket counter? I don't know about that. That's a good. That's a good point. I don't know what the interior was, but huh. definitely the exterior was uh was the forum. The forum, folks, is where the Lakers and Kings used to play back in the day. And now it's going to be, or it's right next to where the new football stadium is going to be. Hmm. Fun fact. Alex knows sports. All right. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> Scott, number five. Uh, so number five, um, going back to the, the whole uh, concept here, is the, the whole class conceit. Uh, and it, it, they, they spell it out in Ethan Hawke's uh, narration too at one point, yeah. uh, where it's no longer a matter of rich or poor um, your ethnicity, the color of your skin, even where you're born, just matter. Are you genetically modified or not? Um, and we we get to see, and it's interesting too because uh, you know it, it would be it would have been really easy to to tell the story from the other side, where you focus in on the people who aren't modified and they're having to deal with the villains, right. uh, you know, this higher society. But instead, you know, he's the only one uh, amongst these, you know, other than Ernest Borgnine uh, and Alan Arkin, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's just the whole idea of, you know, in the future, we're just going to find another way to segregate people. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, and again, like Jeff was saying, like all the, 
things that go along with it, you know, people testing uh, genes, like the, the the one woman at the counter, she just kissed a dude and they swapped yeah they swapped her lips yeah uh, how the uh, and I didn't notice this I'm I'm not that clever but uh, I was reading the trivia um, at one point they called the FBI agents the Jagger Hoover's um, uh-huh. and it wasn't just oh, a yeah. reference to Hoover it was the fact that they go around with vacuum cleaners at fucking <laughs> everywhere to vacuum up DNA oh yeah. Uh, that's so, clever. I yeah, like that. Yeah, that was once when that, I read that, I was like, ah, oh, that is good. Uh, yeah, like all how everything's just DNA based um, because of this this class system, um, and how is, there's this this place um, that, that only accepts people that are uh, that have been genetically modified that didn't like school doesn't even play into it. Uh, that's the crazy thing. It's just yeah. like, oh well, if you have the genes, then you can do anything. Uh, the, the whole thing's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Alex, number five. Uh, my number five is the awesome visual aesthetics of this movie. And there's a thing at the beginning that says, you know, in a not-so-distant future, but obviously it isn't. It's like an alternate timeline or something. Because all the cars look old-timey. Like, if, if you didn't know this was a sci-fi movie, if somebody was just flipping through the channels and had never seen it before, most of the time they would think, oh, this is like a period piece, like a 1930s or 40s, like, mystery or something, until, you know, some of the DNA stuff popped up. But, like, the scene when they're at, at the bar, you know, talking with Jude Law, or the one where they're later on where he's dancing with Uma, Uma Thurman, yeah. and they have to escape. Yeah, it does have, like, a post, post-war kind of, like, Mad Men type of... Mm-hmm. And all the, yeah, all the cars are all, like, old-timey looking. But they're all electric. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. They hook them up in the back and they all make Jetsons noise. <laughs> yeah, how come electric cars nowadays don't make Jetson noise? I don't know. I yeah. Get on never say it. They should just like put a little speaker on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, get get Elon Musk on the phone, goddammit. Yeah. Put down the joint and put some sound on your cars, <laughs> fool. Yeah. Stop yeah. getting high for five minutes and add the Jetson sound effect. <laughs> but yeah, I love the whole look of the movie. All right. Me too. Okay, my number five is... it. It's gross, but I did love the concept of him having to clean himself every day. That's just that's just kind of one step into building his character and how far he's willing to go. Yeah, and just, that's my next, my next one on the list too, but yeah. And just him scrubbing off his skin. I mean, it's kind of like the intro to American Psycho too, but different reasons. But just the whole, you know, just everything he was doing. And when he wakes up in the morning with Uma, he has to go, he's scrubbing himself with... With fucking oh, rocks on the rock on the beach. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, mm-hmm. So just a cool little concept. Um, now, no, that's for that. That's my next comment. Never mind. Continue. That's my number five. So Scott, number five, four. Okay, so my number four is the the kind of overall the philosophy and the message of the movie, um, which ties in with with all the class stuff and the and a lot of the sci-fi stuff. Um, I, I. Appreciated it, and at the same time, thought it was uh, heavy-handed at points. So I thought I thought it was very good and and bad, <laughs> or at least poorly delivered at points. But uh, yeah, just the the overall message that uh, uh, you know, there you you, you can't be uh, you know you can't be placed into life like what you're going to do, how you're going to go about it. 
it's up for each person to to figure that out on their own. Um, Except for that piano guy. Except for the piano guy, yeah, that guy was pretty much fucked. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was pretty much gonna play the piano. Um, Professional nose picker. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get get uh, like twenty percent more work done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And then you know it was, it was a little hokey at the end with uh, with Jude Law with uh, you know I, I gave you my body but you gave me your dream thing and the the and I really like that the whole the whole point of all all of Ethan Hawke's character was just to get into space. Like, he wanted to see what was out there. You know, he wanted to break free of not just society, but of the planet. Uh, I, I always like the those um, kind of exploration um, ideals. Uh, they, it, it reminded me of uh, Interstellar. It was the last thing you know, that that was kind of a focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the message of the movie um, at points was, was uh, very strong, and at other points was poorly delivered, but... Uh, uh, carried on through the movie. Yeah. All right, Alex, number four. My number four, uh, you kind of touched upon it, Jeff, but the daily routines of both Vincent and Jerome. They didn't show, they didn't show Jerome's or Eugene after the, the identity switch, what, do you call it, what Jude Law called himself. And I wish they would have shown more of his, but uh, we kind of got it in the movie. But yeah. I don't think we just see peeing every day. <laughs> yeah. Or sticking or cathing himself or whatever it is he had to do. Yeah, I know, right? Because he has to do it in front of the doctor. I was going to mention this. Well, I'll mention that later. But, yeah, we'll talk about the peeing a little bit later. But him scrubbing himself in the, like, the, the furnace. That he has to do that first. And then, you know, getting dressed and, like, putting the finger, the fake fingerprint with the blood in it and everything. And Jude Law on the opposite side actually having to supply all this genetic material but not only that i thought it was awesome that he had like a little track for his wheelchair for when he has to record his heartbeats so that was really cool yeah yep i agree so i don't know if you guys are you guys have to go more into testing later or no yeah i have a little more to say about all this stuff then i'll hold off on that nope i'm good except for the peeing (laughs) okay (laughs) all right um my number four is all right we can create the perfect human being and, and a lot of this other stuff yet our digital video and photos yeah. Fucking terrible. yeah it was garbage yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well because they spent so much money on you know yeah. genetics and stuff why why, why? iphone how, how <laughs> i i was you know what i was less disturbed with like the shitty computers and tvs than than how horrible the resolution was on the like the pda thing that they had for those pictures. Yeah, that's what I'm talking That's the main thing I'm talking about. Have you seen this boy? Like, I can't even read it. Like, dude. Like, yeah. Maybe that's why they really didn't recognize him. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was convenient. Or their genetic eyes are so perfect that they can just up the resolution you know, on their own. <laughs> Enhance. Just by l- focusing on it. Yeah. Enhance. So I just laughed at how this, we have this genetic <laughs> power over genetics, and yet we don't have the power over the pixel. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Stupid movie. No flat screens anywhere. <laughs> yeah. This is 97, so flat screens. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not like that was a far-fetched invention. I don't know. But uh, but maybe it goes with that retro look that you guys were talking about. Yeah. Like, making it feel that way. Kind of like how we talked about in Battlestar, how ob- we, we could travel faster than light, yet we still have paper and weird things going around. So, All right. Uh, Scott, number three. Uh, number three is the the whole how they carry out the con job. Uh, so yeah, it goes back to as you guys said the the whole having to clean himself constantly, 
um, the <laughs> strapping the the pee to his leg every day, um, giving himself the fake uh, blood sample fingerprint, um, having to 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 dress like Jerome, having to chop up his legs. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was, that was pretty brutal. Um, I mean, all, all these shows like the buzz off for a second, but still. Ugh. Um, when he has to bring in the blood sample. Um, oh yeah, because they were going to sample from the vein. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just just the the day to day, how they, yeah, again, how Jerome had to basically just constantly supply all this stuff. Uh, it was kind of his job <laughs> in the whole relationship. Uh, so yeah, just the how how he pulled it off, how they fooled everybody, and. I I think they did some uh, they they did some work in that that picture of of uh, Ethan Hawke or that picture of Jude Law to make him look yeah. a little bit more like Ethan Hawke. I don't think that was an actual picture of Jude Law. <laughs> uh, how do you yeah, go out for that role? Like, how do you get the ego you have to have? Like, I'm going to be cast as a genetic perfection. That's a good question. That's <laughs> yeah, Jude Law. Yeah. I know like, the guy's got to feels pretty good about himself. I mean, he is a handsome man, but Jesus, mm-hmm. perfection. All right, uh, Alex. Oh, number my number three, three is yeah. uh, the swimming. The whole scene with you know the 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 brothers and going out there and he beat him that one time. Uh, is uh, Ethan Hawke beat his genetically superior brother, and he had to actually save him from the beach, and then. Uh, spoiler alert, before the big reveal that the main investigator is his brother, you, you see him swimming in like an infinity pool, and it's like, okay, that's kind of cool, futury thing that not a lot of people have, and then once, you know, he reveals himself and they end up at that scene at the beach at night, it's like, oh, that makes sense, he's got this complex, so he's been training in the swimming infinity pool this whole time, so that he'd never be beaten again, and then he did. <laughs> Chickened out. But I yeah, do that- like... Go ahead. That, yeah, the whole dynamic is is pretty awesome. I say I do like that the the swim race whatever is the what that kicked him into gear right like the whole your whole time you're growing up it's like don't even try don't even try you're not gonna win and then finally you, once one thing's proven wrong then anything could be proven wrong like I like that that was the yeah yeah uh, the spark for him. Yeah, uh, oh, they swam through seaweed too. That's gross. Yeah, but then he was able to float on it when he was done. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All was right. That, was that not? Casey Jones, by the way, as the dad? It was. Yeah. What an asshole. Elias Cotez. <laughs> I was trying to figure out who it was. I thought it might have been... Um... <laughs> Manny Patinkin? <laughs> no. I forgot. What's his face? Uh, Dylan... Dylan. Eyebrow... Big eyebrows. Whatever. Forget it. Um... My number three is I do like this movie, but the one thing I hold it's slow. I, it's a little. I like my sci-fi a little bit more. I love the concept, but just slow. And it's like I saw this back in the early two thousands or late nineties, and I wouldn't want to watch it again because I remember being so slow, and I felt that again watching it. And it's just, I get it. That's that's the type of movie this is. But for me, I want a little bit more action in it. So that's my number three. Pretty much my biggest negative. Not only negative, but it's a big one. So Scott, number two. 
Okay. Uh, so number two is uh, the the Jerome Jude Law character. Uh, but he, so at points, um, I thought Ethan Hawke's performance was a little uneven, and uh, Uma Thurman pretty much has to be like, I don't know, like dispassionate for most of the movie. Uh, but yeah, I thought Jude Law uh, was was great here, um, and his character. Um, kind of trading away his, basically his life, uh, so that he could could do something uh, that he thought was worthwhile. Uh, it was cool at the end. Watch, watching it uh, again, I, I knew how it was going to happen. I, <laughs> if I remember, I might have waited a day <laughs> until he knew the rocket was in space, because uh, he might have felt pretty stupid. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like how. You know, he, he was kind of hedonistic. Um, you know, he's, he's always smoking, but he still was able to, to like, uh, as Alex pointed out, do the uh, the heart rate thing on the on the treadmill, um, even despite all that. Um, and I, I did like how he, despite all this, he still was like fully dressed uh, and clean shaven and everything every day. Yeah. Um, at least his character was. Uh, I mean, I I don't know how long the shoot actually took, so maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I going up those stairs. Yeah, he hauled himself up the stairs. Uh, but I liked how he he you know he didn't like really play the character for for sympathy, um, which I think uh, is a the direction they could have gone. Uh, yeah, you can see that you know he's a little he's a little broken besides physically, obviously. Uh, yeah, I just I, watching again, I really enjoyed his performance. I think it's the first thing I remember seeing him in, too. Yeah. Not that he's in a ton of things these days. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he was definitely the best uh, best acting in the movie came from him. Ethan Hawke, yeah. And Uma Thurman didn't have much to do, so yeah, I agree with you. Except for Uncle Ernie. Uncle Ernest Borg. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. All right, Alex. Number two. Uh, my number two uh, is also Jude Law. But to add to Scott's thing, I like that he was a bit, it was kind of like the opposite of Ethan Hawke, where he had everything going for him, you know, and he said, uh, uh, Jerome Morrow wasn't, it was never meant to go in second place. So when he lost uh, that swimming race, he knew that, you know, everything was a lie and he tried to commit suicide, which is why he was in a wheelchair, because he even botched that up. Right. Yeah. I wonder if he botched burning himself up. Now he's Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Probably. Oh, poor guy. He's got a metal <laughs> melted on his chest. Man, there had to be a better way to go than that. Nope. I'm just saying. The bones are still going to be there. Like, no, because it, no, the furnace is so hot it's supposed to erase every trace of genetic material. I thought about that too, but I'm like, no, if this thing is supposed well, no, to be... Well, no, anyone can turn, it can turn shit to ash. Yeah, and then that would get cleaned out. Mm. Future tech. Like you said, Scott, they don't go into the nuts and bolts of this thing. Yeah. It's just, you know. <laughs> okay, I'll just, cool I'll just imagine they get horribly burnt alive then. From don't, <laughs> yeah. Cause that was the only way. Okay. <laughs> I also like, uh, real quick, that both of them, you know, he said he was taking a trip. That's why he left a bunch of jars and stuff of uh, blood and piss and whatever. 
for Ethan for when he came back because he was only going to be gone a year, which I'm pretty sure a mission to Titan would take more more than that. But anyways, and now so, now uh, who's now who's questioning the nuts yeah, and bolts? Uh, but they were both getting in, like, Ethan was getting into the ship, and he was getting into the furnace and everything, kind of, you know, seemingly at the same time, because they were both taking their journey to the great beyond. Because it got me thinking, is Ethan necessarily going to make it back from this Titan trip? Nope. Yeah. I mean, they said it, it seemed like they sent the, the, the rockets out so regularly that it probably is fairly safe. Right, but because of his heart condition... Is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, because he was he wasn't supposed to live that long. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I think that his will to get into space was keeping him the main driving force, keeping him alive. But now that he's in space, it's like, ah, eh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. You might want to actually oh, yeah. see Titan. I'm just saying. I hope so. Yeah, maybe on the way back. Yeah. Just open the air air latch. Mm-hmm. Alright, um, my number two, and this is a total, uh, just for me, it's, like as I mentioned before, this was filmed at my school, so Cal Poly Pomona, they used for a lot of the exteriors. So, like, whenever they're uh, walk, well, first of all, you see that big, ugly building with the point, that's the main focal point of the university, and then there's a lot of stuff filmed in the parking structure. Whenever they were just walking around outside, a lot of that at the at Gattaca, that's filmed at my uh, old school, so... Looked like they were in the L.A. River for a lot of that, for a couple of those scenes, too. I'm, I'm sure they, they were. But there's definitely some, at the very beginning, when they're doing the credits, it's there. And then just, th- there's a couple points. Basically, when he was out talking with Uma Thurman, a lot of the times, uh, it was there. So, um, just have to have that on my list. So, that's my number two. Scott, what's number one? Uh, number one is, <laughs> I think Jeff said they didn't like earlier, um, yeah. was that the kind of, the reveal that the, the doctor... Knew the whole time uh, that despite all their very careful planning uh, and the the long con job, at the end of the day, it took this guy that, that didn't want to rat on him, basically. <laughs> they didn't want to turn him in, uh, that, that he was able to, to do all these things. Um, and, and, and I liked it, too, just from the, the standpoint that, you know, if, uh, you know, a couple of the characters throughout it realized that, hey... Maybe this whole genetic thing isn't really all it's cracked up to be. Um, you see that happen to several characters. Yeah. Um, and you know that the Doctor was one of these people all along. Uh, that, you know, there's some hope for the for the future of this uh, this alternate, his, this alternate history. Alright, so... Would he... Counting his money. Sorry, you can hear that? Alright, um... <laughs> Would he? So when they were doing the draw blood from the uh, from the vein, and Ethan Hawke drops the vial, what would he have done there if Ethan didn't do that? If he's so he wants to protect the secret, would he have just doctored it? Would he? Was okay. Jig is up. I'm going to do it. Yeah. The, the first thing that I thought was the, and I thought this the first time I saw the movie too, was that he was holding that blood vial because it was somehow connected to his vein, Me and too. he was pushing fake blood into it. And then he did. The, I'm like, oh, okay, that's a lot easier. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess maybe just put fake blood. I mean, there was like an FBI dude standing there too, though. So maybe right, he wouldn't so, have been able to. Yeah, he wouldn't. You know, there might have been nothing he could have done. Maybe he could have done some blood doping. 
No, I'm just saying, like, what would the fate? doctor have done? Like, he, he'd have had oh. to have... Well, he uh, would have just let it go, I would say. But no, like Scott just said, the FBI guy was right there. No, not let Ethan go. Like, he would have just let him get arrested. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 But if there was something he could have done, there was something he could have done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so Ethan's got <laughs> Wait, this sorry. thing hooked up to his wiener so that it pees out of his own piece. No, he had a fake piece, I'm assuming. But the doctor's looking right at it, and he's a doctor. Well, because he kept commenting how perfect it was, so I was just yeah. assuming... It's like, oh, okay, this guy's... Hmm. It's genetically engineered. Uh, I don't know. Team. That, so my assumption was it was a fake dick, but... That dong da dong 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 Oh, it could have been. Yeah, I guess it could have been a false ween. Um, Wiener. And that doctor guy, that's the guy from T2, right? Or no? Yes, Sandy. Shut up, you stupid piece of shit. Yeah, Sandy Berkeley. <laughs> he, was, right. he, he was the... Uh, What's wrong with Wolfie? The, I can't remember his name. The In Heat, uh, Al Pacino's wife, the guy that, that she that's right. She sleeps with, who's <laughs> watching the TV. <laughs> yeah. He's one of like the flight directors or something in Apollo 13. Yeah. That guy's been in a million things. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty good character actor. Yeah. All right, uh, Alex, number one. Uh, my number one is just the whole story of him overcoming his genetics. Uh, you know, showing all these people that he's got, even though with all these defects, he still studied. You know, harder, and he he had the will, and he overcame all of that, and he did it through hard work and perseverance. Yeah. yeah. Angry. Okay. I agree. Okay. Like I, I, I like the overall message. Just maybe not how it was delivered. Like I said earlier. Yeah. Right. Which is my number one. I, I love the concept of this movie. The, the science and all the genetics stuff. Like that's just inevitable. That is going to happen. And really? <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, like it's it's going to. Why wouldn't it? And why wouldn't you want your kid to have the best opportunity to live and all that stuff, right? And then there will be the hippies who <laughs> do what they want to do. I think one point they call him a godchild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it feels like this is a cool, and maybe it was based on a short story where you come up with this cool concept. Okay, what would happen if we do all this? Yeah, then how would it affect society? And how would you be treated? And how would society like? It's a cool concept, and then and now we have to make a story around it. And then that kind of you say just kind of just doesn't. It's just slow, and I just didn't like all the extra stuff. I just love the concept. It's so cool, and to me, so realistic. But as a story, eh. but the concept itself is. I mean, we're already doing. I bet we are doing this shit. Yeah, well, superhuman beings. Yeah. Drago, Ivan Drago. Come on, <laughs> Ivan Drago. Uh, I. So I'm, I'm. Yeah. Again, it's it's all interesting. You know, what, how how soon will it take to go from? Oh, we'll we'll get, we'll, genetically modify the baby so that it doesn't have a heart defect, to, we'll genetically modify the baby so that it has a hundred piano player. Yeah, so it has 120 IQ. Uh, mm-hmm. That is a Olympic class athlete. You know how how long before we get to all that? And then, you know, I think the one one thing the movie talks about the how this is like the new class system. It seems like if if you did want your kid to be a <laughs> uh, world class athlete, that's going to be fucking expensive. So sure. So yeah. again, the the maybe the rich and the poor separation doesn't happen as soon as all that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I, I think it's 
bound to happen. I mean, we do it with our crops to, to this day, right? Like we we get the the corn that produces the biggest kernels and blah 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 and all the other Ooh. stuff. Well, it's I not just... like going to hyperspace. <laughs> Dusted crops, boy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I think it's cool, but yeah, there's going to be some unforeseen or foreseen consequences. But people are going to do what they're going to do, and I always thought, based on this, is that. There's going to be a generation, like the last generation, where something's going to happen where we can regenerate hearts and stuff. And people are going to live a long time, except for that one. If you happen to be like in between, right? Like you got to the age 65 or 70, and then now they can start figuring out how to make hearts last longer, and you just yeah. can stay that age. Like the... Yeah, that's us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe not us, but maybe a couple generations later. But like, there's going to be this thing. Yeah, where... no, it'll 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 be like. Alzheimer's or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, all right. Um, I think that's it. So, any honorable mentions? I have one. In the, he said, "Why would anyone about Jude Law being right-handed and and he being left-handed?" And he said, "Nobody would make a engineer a left-handed person." I'm like, "Bullshit!" Especially would be an athlete. Yeah. Bam. Yeah, baseball is still a thing. <laughs> Football, mm-hmm. everything. I don't know how different. useful it is in hockey. Uh, it's it's useful, actually, very useful. So, that I don't think that would be an issue. That's just one thing that stood out for me. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, they are the. It's one step below being a ginger, but still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you notice there's no random people in this movie. It's true. <laughs> they got rid of that mutation. All right, well, now it's time to rate it. As usual, we rate it on a scale of 1 to 7, 1 being uh, the worst thing ever, 7 being perfection. So, Scott. Uh, watching this again, uh, I, I give it a 5. Um, I think, again, this is a very well-crafted uh, sci-fi movie, with the exception of some of the, the narration, and a little heavy-handed at points. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But as you said, Jeff, it is kind of a slow burn. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. This is not one of those movies you can just kind of have on in the background uh, for, for an easy watch. Uh, but again, I, I enjoyed watching it again, so I'll give it a five. All right. Alex. I will also give it a five uh, for everything that Scott said, plus the just I can't get over that VO at the beginning. It's uh, It drags it down so much. If it wasn't for that, it would have been a six. Easy. But yeah, it's a five. Okay. For me, I go a little bit lower. I'll go four. Uh, I really like it, the concept, but I really dislike the pacing and everything. So right, right in the middle, I don't need to see this again. Um, and that's pretty much it. The fact that Cal Poly is in it is a good thing, and it helps it probably more than it should. <laughs> uh, so, but the overall concept is really cool. Someone just needs to do this and make it more. But then you get like into the island or something like that, and that's you don't want too much of that. Well, so I mean, that was Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I'm saying there's there's the two ends, yeah, right? Yeah. So somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, no, the you, know, you know, I'm surprised, Jeff, though, that, yeah, they haven't gone back to this this well exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, now we're done with that. We're going to do our crossover list, which is top five assumed identities. Yes. Movies. So, um, you know, <laughs> all right, it was a couple weeks back. We did uh, Robin Hood and we did Disguises. Uh, but I, I think this is different enough. Although I did have at least one character <laughs> on this list again. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'll go ahead and start with my number five. Um, and it's a, it's a movie I, I want to do a podcast on, but uh, uh, 
I don't think Jeff wants. Jeff's not into it, but uh, Moulin Rouge. Oh, that stopped you guys before. Jesus Christ! Yeah. I'm just trying to throw you under the bus, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. For leverage yeah. later. Um, the and uh, Moulin Rouge, uh, Ewan McGregor's character, um, is mistaken for the Duke, as it were, um, and it's the kind of the idea that the whole kind of first act hinges on. Um, and it's 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 a fun scene uh, where. Cole Kidman is chewing on scenery um, as, as Ewan McGregor is kind of shocked by her behavior. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, that's my number five. Christian is the Duke in Moulin Rouge. All right. Alex. Uh, my number five is the Robin Williams classic Mrs. Doubtfire. Huh. Okay. He almost kills Pierce Brosnan. So, so I, I I randomly think about that sometimes for for no reason that I can fathom. Like, did did he say he was allergic to it? Was that what happened? He's like allergic yeah. to cayenne pepper. He's, uh, yes. Yeah. Then he fucking totally tried to murder him. Yep. Like, he was kind of fucked up. <laughs> In more ways than one. You know, you think allergies. I guess he was just thinking, oh, he'll get hives or he'll just cough a lot or you know whatever. But no, that shit kills people. Yeah. Mrs. Deathfire. Yeah. I still have never seen it. So, eh. his character I'll, I'll should stick, have gone to jail. I'll stick with Mrs. Uh, Featherbottom. Mrs. Yep. Featherbottom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my number five, because we did do this not too long ago, I tried to stay away from duplicates, which means my list is not as strong because there are some. I think I may have done some of these in that list, <laughs> like Scott said earlier. Um, and I don't think I had this on my list, but you guys did. And the more I think about it, it's not oh, Kaiser Soze. Yeah, eh. It's definitely assumed. He assumes the identity of verbal, Ver- verbal kint. Yeah. So we've talked about that movie. Because I'm no, stupid. Because I'm a cripple. <laughs> so yeah, Kaiser Soze from Usual Suspects is my number five. Scott. Uh, number four. I'm um, bringing Sorry. it back, but for a different reason. Uh, is Cloud from Final Fantasy Seven. And again, we don't have to explain this to Jeff, but we'll we'll try to explain it to the audience. Yep. Uh, but uh, basically, it's it's <laughs> it's very fucked up or uh, Japanese slash sci-fi uh, plot point. But the main character um, assumes the identity of another character, but is still himself. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. it's very difficult to explain. But mm-hmm. he he basically goes around as Cloud. But like he thinks that all the shit that he's done was actually the stuff this other guy did named Zach, um, and you 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 kind of find this out like toward the end of the game uh, that basically everything that he says and does is all bullshit. Uh, the the main character Cloud, uh, yeah, it's it's still for for as convoluted as it is, like on a like Metal Gear level, um, it uh it, it's still memorable, yeah, especially for a. Uh, a JRPG from the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, number four, Cloud. I agree, Scott. Uh, Alex, number four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number four is uh, he can't hold this, his guises for too long, but Clayface, classic Batman villain. Mm. He can shape himself into almost anything and certainly almost anybody. Uh, but, yeah. I don't think he can hold a form for too long, which is one of his weaknesses. And he can't get wet. Yeah, that too. It's like a mogwai. It's clay. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Was he a character in, uh, what was that, Clay Fighter? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) No, should have been. All right, uh, my number four, once again, I don't know if it's a disguise or identity, but when Sideshow Bob dresses up as Crusty the Clown to commit murder. Mm. Or was it murder? Whatever he did. Oh, robbery. It was robbery. robbery. He robbed that booth. (laughs) Murder's pretty rough for the Simpsons, so yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know, that's probably more of a disguise, right? But he assumed to be Crusty, so. Yeah, to frame him. So nah, you, you got his identity. All right. Especially Bart. Especially Lisa. <laughs> but especially Bart. Uh, all right. So Slideshow Bob is my number four. Scott. Nice. Num- number three. Number three is McLovin from Superbad. Uh, huh. <laughs> um, I actually don't remember the character's real name. In the, in the Fogel. Fogel? There you, there yeah. You know. They call um, him Faggle. They, they uh... He gets a fake idea to buy liquor, and anybody who's seen the movie knows. Uh, but just the fact that he goes around the rest of the movies, McLovin, uh, when the when the cops pick him up, um, and one of my my favorite lines uh, in, in almost any movie is when when uh, he runs away from the cops, and uh, <laughs> Seth Rogen's character goes, "McLovin's bailing." Yeah. <laughs> Where are you, McLovin? <laughs> You know, I like well go with the assumed identity thing when they're talking about like they're just talking about like just being dorks walking home from school and he's like, You don't have the skill or the steady hand to pull off such a maneuver. Or, yeah. <laughs> <like that. laughs> yeah. We have to put that in our list. I haven't seen that in a while. Mm-hmm. Um all right. Uh is that me or is it oh, who's now? It's number Alex. three. Number three. Okay. Along the same side of Clayface, but a lot sexier is Mystique. Okay. Shapeshift of anybody with uh, uh, very various height ranges, but not too much. Like, what was the thing? Like two, three inches above her height, maybe. In, in one of the movies, she morphs into a little kid. Oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind then. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is when she morphs into Rebecca Marion Stamos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rebecca Ramagin. Uh Yeah. And then she turned into... Uh... Fuck, J-Lo and Jennifer it. Lawrence. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's quite the trick. <laughs> Even the voice. All right. Uh, my number four... And now I, I don't want to say this because, Alec, we might be doing this movie and you said you haven't seen it. So, wait, do you know... Plot of Psycho, Alex? No, oh, yeah, no, I know you're what doing number, okay. You're doing number three? Three. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. So Psycho, Norman Bates. Um, since we're going to be, this is a topic coming up very soon. I don't want to talk too much about it, but, you, you know, if you know the movie, you know what it is. Psycho. Norman? Yeah. I'm coming, mother. That's my number three. Scott. Uh, number, so my, two. number two is Norman Bates. Oh. Get yes. out of my head, Jeff. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be talking about it, about it some more. I wouldn't harm a fly. <laughs> All right, then. Alex, number two. Number two is... I've seen this movie once, and it was, it was freaking hilarious. It came out of nowhere. It was Jim Carrey and uh, Ethan McG- Ewan McGregor in I Love You, Philip Morris. And uh, have you guys seen this movie? I haven't, but I know the premise. Uh, it's so good. Uh, Jim Carrey is like a very good con man, and he assumes a lot of identities in order to get what he wants. And it's and uh, some of the high points are, you know, he's not easily, but he escapes out of jail multiple times and he launders a bunch of money, steals a bunch of money, embezzlement. It's a fun movie. It's really good. I recommend it. Okay. 
Sounds good. All right, my number two, which I'm pretty sure I had on my other list, but uh, I'm going to go with Hauser and Quaid from Total Recall. The whole plan to Quaid. put him back Hauser. to assume the identity of Quaid, right? That's the theory. He is Hauser. It goes back as Quaid, and then he wants his body back. Bullshit. Something like that. I don't See know. you at the party. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Total Recall. 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 My number two. Home in time for cornflakes. There you go. <laughs> like cornflakes are still in the future. They still yeah. exist in the future. On Mars. Yeah. And on Mars, yeah. All right, Scott, number one. Number one, uh, again, uh, Jeff beat me to it, but uh, Quaid Nauser. Rico, Rico. Pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And really, All right. like, uh, uh, if we want to include Quato in that, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Quato and Guy, whose name I don't remember. Yeah. Start the reactor. Hey, did you see that Dean Norris was in Gattaca? The guy who plays... Was he? uh, Yeah, he's the one who... uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For a second, I was thinking Battlestar Galactica, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. He's the guy that... Yeah, the cop that comes to talk to Jude Law. What's your number? Yeah, exactly. See, that's another scene that was filmed at Cal Poly. Like, anytime it was out in the big... You saw some concrete everywhere... There you go. Was How dare you accuse yeah. me of such a thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Honorable mention. Uh, all right. Uh, so, Alex, number one. Uh, my number one, and this movie kind of effed me up at a young-ish age. I was a teenager when I saw it, but it really blew my mind, was Primal Fear with Ed Norton and Richard Gere. Okay. Have you guys, have you guys seen this? I did, I heard and I seen didn't like it. <laughs> I haven't, but I kind of know what happened. So, yeah, it was the first time I saw Ed Norton in something. Okay, not the honeymooners. Not the honeymooners. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's a rerun? <laughs> but yeah, Way. primal fear. First All time right. I learned about multiple personality, whatever's also. And there was another movie with Antonio Banderas that had that as a gimmick. But anyways, assassins. It was not Assassin's. <laughs> I'm number one. I also like Jack Pounce. <laughs> assassins. <laughs> tango. Cash. Cash Tango. Cash Tango. <sighs> I gotta put that Assassin's on my list now. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but forever. You know, I'll, I'll, do you, I'll do you a favor, Alex, and I'll put it on my list. Too late. It's already on my list. Well, we'll be on both our lists, so now we're definitely doing it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> all right my number one and once again i don't know if it fits the category but i'm gonna go with donnie brasco okay uh, um, oh, johnny nice. johnny depp goes way undercover that's good as who as donnie brasco oh. the titular donnie brasco as scott would say and uh yeah and he betrays <gasps> she's got a great ass oh nice left a... oh he got him a fucking lion what do we got <laughs> So, Donnie Brasco is a great movie. That was the first thing that popped in my mind. I still don't know if it's an assumed identity, but whatever. He's undercover. He's undercover. Mm-hmm. If you're a cop, you have to tell me. Fugazi means it's... I know what Fugazi means. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. So, it's time for Neom News or Alex No Sports. sports. <laughs> I'm Alex, and I like sports. <laughs> sports ball. So, great victory. The USA won. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we won the World Cup. 
Sweet. Yeah. Which one? U- USA Women's Basketball. Woo! All right. It's about and time what? we won something. Yeah, we won gold. We won the World Cup, and they the ladies qualify for uh, the 2020 Olympics. Phew. I was really worried yeah. about that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was 73 to 56, and uh, I know everybody saw it, but, you know, last Sunday's final for the FIBA Women's Basketball World Cup. Okay. Yeah, good for them. They beat Australia, so take that. At least uh, right. at least one of our teams actually qualified for one of these events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Take that. Her bitter rivals, the Australians. <laughs> All right, and I guess I will add one more thing to sports in that uh, as Angel fans, Mike Slosha stepped down today. As <gasps> Oh, it did? Slosha? Yeah, yeah, he's done. Oh, no, man. The coach. Uh, it's mixed emotions on my end. Yep, uh, same. <laughs> he won us a World Series. We had some great years under him, but the last seven, I don't know how many have been pretty bad. I think it's time. Um, I like the way the organization let him do it and not fire him, right? I think that's good on them. But, uh, yeah, time for a change. Will he be able to coach baseball tomorrow? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, now it's time for Neam News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Okay, so can't can't do the news without talking about Marvel. That's right. Uh, so not the MCU. Captain? But uh, the, oh. uh, the X-Men. The Dark Phoenix trailer has dropped. Oh yeah, this will be the fourth of the I don't know what you would call it, but the the newer Days ones, of the, the past. yeah the the J Law James McAvoy Fassbender uh, X Men movies, um, starring none other than Sansa Stark as mm-hmm. as uh, Jean Grey. Um, so yeah, I, w- I watched the trailer actually before we started recording, just before we started, and uh, yeah. You know, it looks okay. Yeah, it looks like a movie. Yeah, it looks like something they filmed. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to say that it, it is distracting to see McAvoy with the, the bald head. Um, I don't know. Maybe they should have but tried was, to stretch, stretch, stretch that out just a little bit more. Didn't he have that uh, bald head in Split? I did. I actually have not seen Split. I know. I got to watch that. Uh, but... <laughs> Yep, so the trailer for that's out. Um, it, it it was also distracting to see uh, Fastbender's Magneto put the the Magneto helmet back on. He's like wearing a suit and he put the helmet on. It just looks goofy. Yeah, it's uh, kind of his thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It's the comics and it's, you know, it all started with Ian McKellen wearing that thing. Charles, where you going, Charles? Yes. There it is. There's my uh, camera. It looks like more of the same where where Charles and uh, Magneto disagree on the future of the mutants. What? That never happens. Yeah. yeah. I don't be surprised. Uh, J-Law Maybe shows up again, even though she keeps saying she doesn't want to do any more of these movies. Mm-hmm. No, that's just Mystique changing herself into J-Law. And... Yeah. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. I wish they wouldn't do this because from everything I've been told, and I'm still I'm slowly reading it, like this is one of the best storylines in comics, and I just I want this yes. to go to... Feige and stuff, and I don't want these clowns to handle it. Well, but. yeah, but it's from, already filmed. So, and, from, yeah. from what I know of the the Phoenix stuff, it gets pretty goddamn ridiculous. Not yeah, that, that, not that not that too. the Infinity War <laughs> stuff isn't. But yeah, they're leading us. They're slowly bringing us into this whole space thing. And yeah, everything, so. yeah. So, I mean, maybe we're better off though without it. I don't know. Uh, 
Yeah, well, I, one note on this movie is that I think they keep pushing back the release date. I think it was supposed to come out next February, uh, but I think they announced uh, late last week that it's being pushed to to June. Uh, just where it has no competition, I guess. So, Summer has no competition? Well, that weekend. The particular week or whatever when it comes out. Yeah, it's uh, if it's even two weeks out from either Captain Marvel or Infinity War two, it's gonna get decimated. Yeah, yeah. So that it was probably smarter to not have it in the, the spring, or just not release it at all. <laughs> they could do that. Just Netflix it. Yeah, direct video. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. Um, another trailer I want to talk a little bit about was the the Holmes and Watson trailer. The, the new Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I haven't seen that trailer. Uh, I want to see it. Which uh, stars Farrell and, uh, and I put Watson here. God damn it. <laughs> Farrell <laughs> and uh, John C. Riley. Yeah. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Sounds awful. It it does. And watching it, I'm like, this is stupid. But it was still like, like Thanos. Couldn't help but put a smile on my face. And Shake I, and bake. And I just butchered that line or two. But yeah, I, I enjoyed Talladega Nights, as dumb as it is. Um, I've never actually seen Step Brothers all the way through, so oh, I can't really comment on that one. I love that movie, uh, too. But yeah, I, I like Talladega Nights. There was enough dumb shit going on in this that... Uh, and the fact that it's Sherlock, um, which I always enjoy. That uh, I don't know. I'll, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll watch Drops this winter. Um, November, December, I forget which. Nice. Uh, well, there's that, and then news came out. Hey, so, hey, real quick, Scott. So I heard, I never, I can't believe I didn't think about this. So in Infinity War, when uh, Tony Stark and Doctor Strange are talking to each other, they both are played Sherlock Holmes. And why didn't one of them, especially Tony Stark, say, like, no shit, Sherlock, when something happened? <laughs> or them both saying it at the same time. Yeah, or something uh, like, I, each could, other. I mean, I probably wouldn't have liked it, but it's funny. I don't know why they couldn't have. I don't know. Sounds like something Tony Stark would say, but too meta, I guess. There, ah, I damn, know. I wish I could remember. There were some memes going around about that, though. Not that, not that particular <laughs> joke, but just the fact that they were both Sherlock. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I totally missed that. I forgot that yeah. um, Robbie Downey Jr. played him. So. Huh. Anyway. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, news came out that there's going to be a Kingsman prequel. Um, mm. So I, I haven't I, seen the second one. So, yeah, again, I, okay. I really like the first one. Uh, it has one of the, I, I don't know, all-time classic action scenes. Uh, if you've seen the movie, the, the church sequence, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second movie, you know, not, not, not as enjoyable to me. and they, they, they took it in a weird direction with a couple things. I'm not spoiling anything, but uh, still a lot of fun. Uh, the concept's a lot of fun. I, I like Matthew Vaughn's kind of directing style. And uh, so this third one that that they're talking about is supposed to be a prequel. Uh, supposedly starts showing the the kind of formation of the Kingsmen. Uh, that with Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> maybe they'll de-age Michael Caine. And uh, Ray Fiennes uh, to to show how everything got started. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm cool. looking forward to see to seeing what direction this goes, and that's basically all I wanted to talk about. Oh, oh one more note uh, about video games. Uh, this last Friday, um, 
the what I've maintained is the best game to come out on the on the PS4, and now out on the Switch as well. And it's this game called Towerfall, uh, which yeah. is an indie game. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's the main the crux of it is is, is multiplayer versus, um, but it's it's kind of eight bit style, and everybody just shoots these little bows and arrows at each other, and you can goomba stop like, people. It's like Fortnite, kids. Just play it. <laughs> and it and it's uh, it's brilliantly executed. Um, so so if anybody's looking for a game like that uh, and is able to get some friends over to play it. It's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's all I want to talk about. Uh, Alex, is there anything you wanted to mention? Uh, yeah. Jeff, did you uh, redeem that code for the Switch game I gifted you? I have not with the Vegas trip and everything. I will do it uh, tomorrow. <laughs> all right, I'm not going to spoil it, but that game also came out for the Switch, and I can't believe it did. <laughs> okay, now you got me intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is this what I think it is, Alex? Yeah, okay. it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I did a giveaway for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. I'll report back next week. Yeah, <laughs> do that, Jeff. <laughs> um, all else? right, then, Alex. For sorry, nope, Jeff. that's it. Right. For me, no, nothing. Uh, been super busy, so no. <laughs> All right, I'm just ready for hockey season to start. That's my only thing. So. Hockey, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably that's a summer sport, right? Yeah, yeah. They play it out in the field. Hockey goes on for goddamn ever. Yeah, it does. It starts yeah, like soon, and then it ends in fucking June, right? So yes, that's yeah, go to the summer. Yeah. Um, back, well, I'll have to bring up some Marvel stuff. Are you guys? The new Daredevil is coming out, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, season three. I think yeah, we talked about weeks. this last week, yeah. right? Okay. Never mind. I'm just behind on everything. Maybe I'll watch that one. I don't. I definitely don't need to see Iron Fist and Luke Cage. I did like that, so maybe I should watch but it. But I'm the immortal Iron Fist. Why won't anybody listen to me? <laughs> <laughs> no joke. That is a perfect impression of the first season of <laughs> Iron Fist. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Sorry I missed it. <laughs> And with that, thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.